Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... What I love when my team goes out and talks to patients with depression and severe psychiatric illnesses is the fact that for the first time in their life, they're actually seeing a brain map, which is telling them that there's something physically possibly wrong with them. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 408 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering and contributing to initiatives and enterprises causing positive transformation locally and globally. Today, we are speaking with Lina Emanuel. Lina Emanuel has over 20 years of experience in technology, international development, and business. She has worked on operating system development, worked with international development organizations like Clinton Health Access Initiative, video volunteers, and now runs a startup which focuses on brain mapping for neuropsychiatric illnesses. On today's podcast, we will be discussing how Lina has directed her passion and skill for systems change across various sectors to build a product company focusing on AI and 3D digital visualization-based solutions for diagnosis and prognosis of neuropsychiatric disorders. Her challenges, learnings, and the opportunities she sees for health science in India and beyond. Lina, thank you so much for being with us today. Sarah, it's a pleasure. I would love for us to start at the beginning and just tell us a little bit more about your background and what has led you to where you are now. That's a big question, given the fact that I've had a very varied career. Just let me start at the beginning in the fact that Almost every Indian becomes either a doctor or an engineer, and that's where I started my career from. I am an engineer, and I did a couple of years of working on some really cutting-edge operating system development. I loved the technical challenge there, but I didn't find it impactful enough. And so I took this conscious choice of moving towards a completely different space, which is that of international development. That was where I met you, Sarah. I remember I was interning at Video Volunteers, and that's where we got together. And we used to talk about everything from impact to social entrepreneurship and so many other things. That was the first year where I was trying to figure out what I could do beyond technology. I did that for the next couple of years of my life, where I worked with international development organizations like Clinton Health, Access Health International. I was seconded to the Ministry of Health in India at the center and the state levels. So a bunch of different things. I'm looking at some really interesting and challenging problems for India, which includes everything from maternal mortality to how do you revamp the vaccine supply chain in India. Public policy work and international development work was great, but it was very slow for me. And uh, so I went off to business school to learn more about how you could bring out fast change. 
I learned and I came back to public policy and I still found it slow. And then I decided I would start off by building my own business. I joined this program called Entrepreneur First and I met my co-founder there, Dr. Imti Magarwal. Her PhD was in brain mapping and I found that super fascinating. Given my background in public health, it just made so much sense to do something in brain mapping, which is so deeply technical, so deeply impactful and made a great business. And that's where I am today. Amazing. So can you tell us more about BrainSight AI and the impact that you're having? Absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, So BrainSight AI, the easiest way what we do at BrainSight is saying that we create a Google map of the brain. And there are parts of that which are already done. So you can map the structure of the brain, the buildings of the brain quite easily. And you can map the roads of the brain in a non- sharp way already. That's what doctors use today. But what we're able to do is use some advanced neuroimaging modalities to map the roads in much more detail with much more finesse and to map the traffic of the brain, which in fact is one of the earliest indicators for various serious psychiatric illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar, OCD, also one of the earliest indicators for dementia, looking at a lot of these psychiatric disorders and neuropsychiatric disorders, brain mapping can have huge implications for early diagnosis and for directing the whole therapeutic journey for the patient. If you know there are certain networks in the brain, like your default mode network and your salience network, which have a huge implication on your higher functions as a person. Just like there are language areas in the brain and there are motor areas in the brain, there are also areas like default mode network, which decide how you pay attention, how you take in information from the world around you. And when these networks are affected, it can have serious implications for the patient. So what we are able to today do is give the location of these networks to various doctors, and that helps them have a better conversation with the patient about what could be the implication of surgery or what could be the implication of any kind of image-guided intervention. There are a bunch or opening the brain. When they open the brain, how do they ensure that they're not affecting those areas? All of those are questions that you're now able to answer when you're looking at the traffic networks of the brain. Wow. Could you give us some examples of patients who have used your programs and what have been some of the outcomes that they've experienced? Absolutely. So today we work with neurosurgeons who are working with brain tumor patients. What we help them do is map out the surgery much better. Before the surgery, we are able to give them all of this information about various networks in the brain, which means that after the surgery, the loss of functions can be minimized for the patient. It's brain cancer. So obviously the surgeon, his main agenda is to remove as much of the cancer as possible, but you also want to do it in a way that ensures that the functional loss is minimum and that you're not affecting traffic networks or roads, which can lead to profound change in the patient. That's what we're working on today. And we're working with over 20 of top hospitals in India, where they are piloting our products. We are very deep tech, deep science, and a highly regulated medical device. And so it has taken some time for us to be at the point where we are now confident that 
when doctors use this, it would be highly safe for the patient. We actually just got our licenses from the Indian government to be able to test for these. And so we are at the point where doctors can now use this confidently and use this for surgery. But that's just the first point. We get a lot of different requests already. We're getting a lot of requests from people who have epilepsy. And one of the things the doctors would like to do for these patients is being able to figure out the focus of the epilepsy. Think of an epilepsy as an earthquake in the brain, and it just leads to a lot of further effects in the brain. And so you need to know where exactly is the focus of the epilepsy. So that is something that we are able to do. So all of these are questions that we are able to address. Dementia is another question that we are able to address. In dementia, People have used our brain mapping to have better conversations with patients about what is happening with them. In psychiatric illnesses, what I love when my team goes out and talks to patients with depression and severe psychiatric illnesses is the fact that for the first time in their life, they're actually seeing a brain map, which is telling them there's something physically possibly wrong with them, rather than just being a character flaw or something which is often like in mental illnesses, that's the one thing that families tell them, right? Like if you just like buck up and you do things, that's going to make it better for you. And honestly, it might work for some people, but in a lot of cases, there's also this happening in the brain. And when patients see this, it's such a sigh of relief for them. Fascinating. There's so much to unpack there and so much remarkable and cutting edge work you're doing. So well done to you and your team. Phenomenal. Look, Lina, I'm really curious as a female leader in the social impact space in India, what are some of the challenges and the opportunities that you're seeing? That's a great question. I think India has a lot of tech leadership in terms of women at the helms. But there's obviously still a vast set of women who are probably not stepped out of their home. So there's this whole dichotomy going on, which is that you've got really well-educated women who are at at the helm, and then you've got a lot of people who've not stepped out. And I think the challenge which I've seen as a woman leader is being able to bridge that gap for a lot of the people I'm talking to, right? Like it takes an initial sense of thinking that here's this woman who's building this very deep tech, deep science. We're probably one of the two or three companies across the world doing this kind of work. And it takes them a little time to first wrap their head around the science of it, around the technology of it. And the fact that It's two women building it out in India. And so there's that piece that we have to constantly fight back against. But I think as they realize that given the number of people in tech in India, it invariably does pass on. Like they do understand that India and tech is quite big. That has various ramifications, right? Like when you go to investors, there's just a longer period that you have to sit and convince them than a guy who would have been in the same space as me. Or it takes some amount of navigating the medical device industry in India, which has been traditionally quite male dominated and figuring out your way around it. These are some of the things that we are learning as we go forward. And what are some of the inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently that you feel are creating real positive social change? 
because I've been looking at the brain space quite a bit and the AI space quite a bit. I think there's a whole conversation about AI ethics, which has been spearheaded by women in the space, which I find really exciting. Usually the conversation is about how can AI do this and how can AI make things more productive, but it's mostly the women like Timnit Gebru who've been talking about how do you make sure that the AI is ethical. So I've really enjoyed following those conversations. There are also so many of social entrepreneurs in India who've been doing some fascinating work in this space. I think there are social entrepreneurs who are thinking of new lending models so there were things like Rangde, et cetera, which have been around for a while, and they've been figuring out how to reach out to the unbanked millions in India. And I think there's that whole space which has been around and which is a constant problem. I've met so many entrepreneurs who've been working on fortifying meals for children so as to tackle the problem of nutrition. I have seen so many amazing women spearheading the conversation around climate change in India and across the world. And I find all of them amazing. I also love the whole community media and the community video, which you and I were involved in, Sarah. I find that so fascinating that using community media, giving voice to people, it's literally the most important thing that you have to do for people. So I've been following people in that space. I think podcasting is one of the new areas in that space. So yeah, your work is really fascinating as well. Yeah. Thank you. So to finish off, what are some books or some resources that you would recommend to our listeners? That is such a great question. I read more fiction than I read more nonfiction these days. And I'm thinking. You know what? That's fantastic too, because sometimes there's wonderful truths and creative ideas that can be spiraled off by activating our imagination. So Indeed. Like, I'm honestly thinking what could be a good set in terms of fiction, because I think fiction for me is the way to get into other people's shoes. Brainsight wouldn't be here if empathy was not a guiding principle for the company. And if it's not something that I would have actively hired for, that is something that we actively hire for. And for me, people who read literature are generally a lot more (laughs) like a lot more able to put themselves in another person's shoes so there's a wide variety of literature I won't talk about that but I do think some of the more interesting things that I follow which I would strongly recommend to all your readers as well so I love reading Aeon magazine which follows the latest philosophical debates across some of the latest technologies and latest learnings from different fields There's Three Quarks Daily, which I think is beautiful. There's also Ribbon Farm, which is written by this philosopher who thinks about the zeitgeist as of now and what does it mean for us as humans. These are some of the ones which I really, and Azim Azar, Exponential View, look at all new technologies and how it's changing the world around us. These are three podcasts, websites and newsletters that I follow. And then the New Yorker podcast for poetry. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your generous insights. And it's fascinating to hear what you're up to and look forward to seeing the future of Brainsight AI continue to make amazing leaps out there in the world. Thanks, Lina. Thank you so much, Sarah. And I'm looking forward to hearing all your next episodes as well. 
Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page, and Twitter. Thank you.